Our first born native born Madden. She is married to Josh and mom to Lana, mom to Lana, who's two, and Collins, who is four months. And she's been at Bethlehem for four, uh, 13 years. Um, and so pray for you, and then you can come up. Lord, we thank you for um, Lauren and her willingness to share tonight. We thank you for um, just the opportunity to gather and just ask that um, you would be made much of in this. Thank you for Jesus. Okay. Um, I am thankful to be able to share with you guys. Um, I knew the way that God worked in my life. Um, the start to now. Excuse me as I just read this. <laughs> um, I grew up in a home where the Bible was taught, and I had parents who knew and loved the Lord. And by the grace of God, I don't remember a time in my life when I didn't know about Jesus and the gospel, um, which I recognize is a massive gift. The Lord began his work in my life when I was a young child. I remember praying with my parents after family devotions one night when I was probably four years old, um, and I accepted Christ as my Savior. I recognized that I was a sinner who needed a Savior, and I knew that Jesus was that Savior. I do think that that moment was significant and was a start to God's heart-changing work in my life. Uh, but I also remember praying that prayer several times throughout my childhood to make sure that I was going to heaven when I died, um, out of fear that once was, once was not enough. At that time, I, I feared my sin consequences more than I trusted in Christ's work for me on the cross. Um, I was involved at church and went to a Christian school throughout elementary and middle school, so to me, Christianity was the norm. And I took it for granted much, much of my elementary and middle school years and, um, until about my high school year, years. Um, the Lord used my time in high school to reveal to me my own sin and my con- constant efforts to find joy and fulfillment in so many things other than Him. Whether that be relationships, grades, athletics, approval of my fears, my accomplishments, etc. During my sophomore year, I attended a winter retreat with other believers from my school and other schools in the area, and during one of the worship sets, I remember singing, Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. The Holy Spirit used the lyrics in that song to open my eyes to the gravity of my sin and the sheer grace God had shown me in the gospel. I recognized my need to turn to Christ alone for my satisfaction and for my lasting joy. God showed me that Christ was the only true lasting treasure, and I believe that moment was instrumental in God's work in my life to show me more of himself and draw me closer and closer to him. And he continued to help me to treasure him. Since then, the Lord has used other things to continue his work in growing and shaping me. Some examples. Uh, my family started attending Bethlehem between my sophomore and junior year of high school, where I began um, to see with fresh eyes the beauty and importance of God's word. In college, I went through a difficult end to relationships that I thought was headed in a completely different direction. The Lord used that time in my life to reinforce my identity and my hope in Him alone. He also helped me to surrender to His sovereignty moment by moment when I was struggling to understand what was going on. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 was a verse that I constantly recited myself to find, find the solid ground of our God's sovereign hand which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I met my husband two years later and we were married 
eight months after we met. God came was incredibly evident in bringing about his goal for my life in all he did during those seasons. Two years after we were married, my husband and I went through a complicated miscarriage, which also led to a period of waiting and trying to start a family. Um, we grieved the loss of our little girl and worked through the pain of seeing negative pregnancy tests month after month. Um, but God used our loss to remind us of his perfect timing, his goodness, the goodness of his promises to us as his children. Because an easy or uncomplicated or pain-free life that goes exactly the way that we planned it is not promised to us. And his sovereign plan is so much better for us and so much better for his glory. Plus, no matter how wonderful the blessing, it would not satisfy as he does. About two years after our loss, um, we welcomed our now two-year-old daughter, Lana, into the world. And this past summer, we welcomed our second daughter, Colin. In the birth of our two daughters and watching them grow every day, I am reminded of God's gracious kindness and faithfulness to us in every season that he has led us through, both the hard, uncertain times and the times filled with smooth sailing. God is continually growing and shaping me, and there is still so much work to be done. But now in motherhood, especially, I'm constantly reminded of my tendencies towards selfishness and my need for our selfless Savior. I see my bent towards wanting to lead into a life of comfort and ease, and yet feel humbled by the fact that Jesus went through all levels of pain and rejection on my behalf on the cross. And I'm reminded of his comfort with my sin and the kind hands that hold me in his faithfulness. I know they will not let me go. And I'm daily dependent on him, and pray he will continue to show me my dependence on him. Um, a verse that the Lord has imprinted on the story of his work in my life is Philippians 3, 8-14, which says, What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and participation of his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me from in Christ Jesus. Looking back, I see the Lord's hand in every season of heartbreak and healing, sorrow and rejoicing, difficulty and ease, having felt all along the peace that he gives that surpasses our understanding and a joy that can come only from him. No other gift or achievement will ever compare to the greatness of knowing Jesus. And I am forever grateful for the work he has done in the gospel and all of and all he has done and will continue to do in my life to draw me to him and call me his own. May he sing you praise. Um, to finish out, um, I there's a quote from Corey Tangoo that I've always really treasured um, that just talks about the sovereignty and goodness of our God in the good and the bad times. And um, she says my life is a weaving between God and me. I do not choose the colors he with us steadily. Sometimes he weaveth sorrow, but I am foolish tried, forget he sees the upper and me the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttle cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and explain me the reason why. 
The dark threads are as needful in our skillful weaver's hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. Thank you, Lauren, for sharing um, our Lauren grew up in Greenville, South Carolina. She is married to Michael and has been for eight years. Uh, she's a mother to Micah, um, who will be two in December and another four in June, February. She, they live in Anoka and have been attending Devon for three and a half years now. I'm afraid for you. Mm-hmm. We thank you for Lauren. We thank you um, for her, um, just for her willingness to come and share ways that you can be faithful in her life. Um, and we just are, what a gift today in your testimony to your goodness um, to other women. Um, and you, uh, and maybe, maybe you may be making me much of a game in this Well, I feel like Martin and I have kind of coordinated a little bit. <laughs> I'd love to coordinate it in. Um, and I'm probably just going to be fine to you, so. <laughs> Uh, as David said, I grew up in Greenville, South Carolina, and I know everyone wonders how you went from South Carolina to Minnesota. <laughs> so um, I would just say, first of all, my husband uh, got a music position at the University of Minnesota, and that's what brought the subject. So that's how we ended up in Minnesota. Um, but back to growing up, uh, I was blessed to have happy parents and grandparents who were very involved in my life. Uh, I was raised in a wonderful church and had a tremendous opportunity for this really, really good teaching and um, had great teachers and uh, just a lot of really godly input into my life. And um, likewise, very early on, um, I was—I remember one day my mom was in her bedroom getting ready and I was sitting on the floor coloring in a coloring book and um, I, I was asking her questions about heaven and hell and um, you know, well, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven and be with Jesus. You know, how, how do I go to heaven and be with Jesus? And, you know, she uh, was explaining to me that I was a sinner and needed Jesus to come into my heart and save me and forgive me for my sins. And I got up and went to my room and knelt down beside my bed and prayed to ask Jesus to forgive me and come into my heart. And I was by myself. I don't know why I didn't ask my mom to go with me or... I don't know, but um, it was just me. And I don't even remember the exact prayer that I prayed, but I do remember it as one of my earliest memories. And um, most of my early memories uh, involve some level of like getting in big trouble or a new experience. Like my dad sending me a corsage when my, grandma, my grandmother took me to see a wizard box, or you know, pushing my sister over on my bicycle to stop her from going into the road. And getting in trouble with that. So, you know, big things like that. And, um, you know, I think so. I, I, I do have a very vivid memory from that day, kneeling next to my bed and praying, and remembering that I was asking Jesus to come into my heart and save me. And I really remember that I believed that quiet moment by myself because He answered that prayer and saved me that day and gave me the gift of. It being one of those early memories that I, I do have um, a memory of. And uh, that doesn't mean I haven't struggled with my doubts. Um, like so many other people who grow up 
and a Christian home, which is a blessing, and are saved at an early age. Um, I guess you, I, I, um, I don't remember really a time when I wasn't a Christian, so it's hard for me to say that my life really had this big drastic change. Um, I think I was just living with more of an awareness of, know, of knowing when I had done something wrong than I didn't need to repent. Um, so it was, you know, like I said, it would come and go of, of kind of working through and um, doubting and uh, came to a point where, um, well, get forward to my fourth, about a month before my 14th birthday. My mom and sisters and I were on our way home from a beach trip with my grandparents, and we stopped in the rest area, and my sister, Lindsay, who was 11 years old, and I switched places because it was my turn to ride up front. And about 20 minutes later, a car crossed the median, went under the tables, and took us on the interstate. The three people in the other car were killed, and my mom was trapped in the driver's seat with minor sprains and injuries. My youngest sister, Leah, who was five at the time, had a broken collarbone and cut from the car seat and needed stitches. I was not injured, only had bruises, but Lindsay, who I was just with she said, was seriously hurt. They took her away in the first ambulance that arrived. And she had internal bleeding from the seatbelt that needed immediate emergency surgery because she was having trouble breathing. Broken vertebrae and a spinal cord injury that left her paralyzed from the waist down. Lindsay was in the hospital and we had for three months. It was the biggest challenge to my faith in my life so far. I struggled through so many questions about the goodness of God, why bad things would happen to me and my family, if God was in control, and whether I could still trust Him. However, despite all of the questions, God was the only thing that made sense. I clung to my belief in Him and the promise of Jeremiah 29 11 that His plans were not to harm me. And yet, in my heart, I was still broken, still agonizing over how it could be good and best. That an 11 year old girl, while only living in the air, would ask me to have a shoe with that. How it could be good and best that those roller skates, secretly hidden in the back of the red train, that were supposed to be a Christmas present, were now going to be donated to your book. How it could be good and best. To my sister, my best friend, was never going to be able to run through the backyard with me and climb the same bed again. Even though this is my testimony, I just have to share that my sister went on. She played wheelchair basketball at the University of Alabama as a human child life specialist. She's fiercely independent, owns her own home, drives her own car, works with the outpatient pediatric oncology clinic in Greenville, ministering to children who are very sick every day and helping them and their families process, fight, and cope with cancer. She's a rock in our family, and her strength is incredible because the source of her strength is not her own, but God's work in her. We don't like it to see how God's plans were better than our plans, but when we do, we can be thankful for them. She wouldn't change her life in order to be able to avoid all the pain and heartache or to be able to walk again. The faith in the earth takes a little longer to get to that point, but God has been so faithful. Hard times often bring us even closer to God, and I wish I could say that I stayed there. Although this experience really changed me and taught me new truths, as life returned to some kind of normal, I began struggling with feeling faith. I was so afraid. What if I messed up and not say the right words? 
or if I didn't understand everything that I should have. I would pray that if I wasn't saved, that the Lord would please forgive me for my sins and save me once and for all. And I would pray it every day. I was terrified of dying. A year passed, and then one of my best friends had a brother who was still in another class. It was a shock to all of us, and I just didn't know I finally settled the issue of salvation. I wanted to ask the Lord to save me because I loved him and needed him, not because I was afraid to go to hell. But then began years of wrestling with when did the Lord actually save me? I really had a sense that the Lord had heard my prayer at five years old and saved me then. I realized that at five years old you can't understand everything, and your faith has to grow as you grow. But that doesn't mean that the Lord doesn't save you. It's not about you. It's not about you and what you do. It's about what Jesus has done for you. Jesus says we have to have faith much. We have to have childlike faith. But we also need to grow up in that faith as well. The Lord brought me to the verse in Philippians 2.12. Therefore, my beloved, you have always obeyed. So now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my actions, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and work for his displeasure. In the last few years, since coming to Bethlehem, in the last two years, since becoming a parent, I've really spent some time in honesty with the Lord, wrestling with lingering misinformation that I have carried around ever since that car accident in my teen years. I think my number one struggle has not been questioning that God is in control, but whether I can trust Him being in control, and why that fear is a comforts me. It's taken me becoming a parent for the Lord to really begin to break down these wrong ideas about who He is, and really show me who he is as a good father. I would have always acknowledged with my head that this was true, that he is good and I can trust him. However, in all honesty, my heart couldn't believe it. I have spent many years basically trying to perfectly prepare for any and every situation and control it in every situation because I didn't trust that I could trust God to do it. And I always knew it was silly, but he seemed to in control. It didn't matter what I had taught him. But that scared me. When I had my son, Micah, and I experienced for the first time that I what, what a parent's love for a child actually is, my understanding of God and his love for me and his promise that his hands were not to harm me began to change. I realized that if I, an imperfect, selfish me, could love someone that I barely knew as much, my child, and how much more did God love me? He wasn't just in control and distance and a factual sense. He was engaged as a father would be with his child. So Michael is now at the age where he's learning so much so fast. And it's fun to see him learning things about the world around him. This fall he discovered the leaves and how he could walk in them, the crunch and the colors and love to pick them up and seeing him and how just his joy of life fills me with joy just watching him take in the world and learn about it. And he's constantly surprising me with what he learned. Um, I love being able to teach him emotions, songs, and seeing him learn that and remember it. And I realized that God feels the same way about me. Um, in Zephaniah 3.17, it says, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Every time I learn something new about God and his character, and he teaches me about himself, he must feel the same joy that I feel with my life. I think that if I continue to build the right view of God's control in my life, 
and his sovereignty and it is one that actually brings comfort instead of fear that God could be delighting at. And as I learned this lesson, he's in glory. As I worship the Father, he actually is seen. I just picture coming to the end of 19 years of fear to God's control and instead realizing that he delights in me and in my good, just like I do with my son. That truth fills me with so much joy and peace, but I think it fills him with joy too. He's been waiting on me to learn this lesson for a long time. Praise God that he is patient with us and life with us, though the road may be long. Thank you.